All right, so welcome to part two part of two. the 10 golden rules to becoming a millionaire. If you didn't listen to part one, go listen to that, of course. Mm -hmm. But with that, we're gonna dive into... Part two, <laughs> rules five through 10. Let's move on to number five. Okay, live like you'll die tomorrow, but invest like you'll live forever. What, what does this mean? You can read it. You read it. You read it. <laughs> all right, so you should always strive to get as much out of life as you can each and every day. After uh -huh. all, you could die tomorrow, uh -huh. right? But here's the thing, you probably won't. So putting something aside, you can continue soaking up what life has to offer for as long as possible. Okay. And so this, I think, is the balance that you and I have bringing um, to the table together. And so you mm -hmm. help me live more like I'm going to die tomorrow. Yeah. I help you live more like you're going to live forever. You're not going to Like where. <laughs> die tomorrow. Where, yeah. you know, and I, and I think this is important because I think there's different people listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Some who are more of the, um, whatever, I'm going to die tomorrow. So YOLO, might as well spend all my money today. <laughs> YOLO. And then um, some of the opposite where it's like, I'm going to be around for the next 47 years, statistically speaking, and therefore I need to have this right. much saved up. I need to blah, 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 blah. And so they don't ever <laughs> have fun. Yeah. Just pile everything onto the future. Mm -hmm. And this is what, you know, I've talked about this. Like I've begun to shift my mindset a little bit now that I'm in my 40s. And uh, just because I don't want to, I don't want to be 70 years old sitting with a big pile of retirement money to live off of and feel like we didn't enjoy our lives with our kids when they were young yeah. because we wanted to save everything up for retirement. Yeah. And so there's definitely a balance here. And there's no there's no right or wrong. There's no black and white answer. This is a different thing for every person, every couple, every mm -hmm. family. Uh, but I think it's something to think about and to wrestle about and to pray about. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Because, yeah, I definitely tend towards the, like, let's just mm -hmm. spend everything. And I think that has really brought me a lot of... Um, Anger issues. <laughs> you think? In some ways where I've been like, I just want to spend some more money. And you're like, we are not going to do it. But at the same time, there's a great comfort that has come out of me. Like every once in a while, you'll look at what we have in retirement. And I'll be like, what? How much is in there? I mean, that's pretty, okay. <laughs> that gets me really excited, you know, for people who don't really pay as much attention. So you're excited things. for... The fact that there is some money but saved I for am, Yeah, I'm like, there's actually money there, and it's growing, and, you know, but that's a great thing, because I do know people who don't have money for retirement, and they're in their, you know, their later years, and instead of doing some of the things that they have been wishing that they could do in their later years, they're continuing to work. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that that is, it's just smart. It's just wise. Yeah. It's like, you want to spend time with your grandkids when you get older? Or do you want to be working 40 to 60 hours a week trying yeah. to just keep up with your lifestyle? Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I view that. Yeah. All right, number six. It's taken six. me a while to get here, but yes, number six. We can All go. Right. Um, there are only six ways to get rich. Really? Okay. Number <laughs> one, marry money. Okay. Number two, inherit money. Number three, exploit a unique talent. Number four, get exceedingly lucky. Number five, own or lead a successful business. Number six, spend less than you make and invest your savings wide, wisely over a, over long periods of time. Yeah. So number six, what's interesting about that? Well, first of all, that one anyone can do. That's yep. what I like about that one. Number five, I think 
a lot of people can do. Own or lead a successful business. Yep. Yep. But number six, that was what you learned from your millionaire mentor, right? Yep. Who was a school teacher. Yep. And ended up with over a million dollars in his uh, investments, right? Yep. Yeah. Multimillionaire. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know that I would have ever identified these six as the only six ways to get rich. Um, but I think, I think it just brings up some really good points. Uh, right. Because so many people focus on the first four, marrying money, inheriting money, exploiting a unique talent. So this is whatever. I'm going to try to go when America's got talent. Yeah. Or, or something, whatever. or yeah. like just becoming, um, you know, a professional guitarist or I, I don't know, like I, Becoming the next John Mayer type of thing. Right. A little bit. Uh, or getting exceedingly lucky. So this mm -hmm. is um, lottery. This is going to the casino, whatever. But all four of those, I think in general, are that just seems to be where most people, most Americans focus their energy on those four. Mm -hmm. One of, or multiples of those four. And not enough focus on five and six. And yeah. five and six are the ones you actually have much more control over. Right. And... Are much more proven to work, have a much higher likelihood of success. Mm -hmm. So five being own or lead a successful business. Um, this is something I remember too. Like I remember talking to a different mentor early on, who basically, you know, said, You're never gonna grow really wealthy working for another company. And which isn't true, like completely, but there's an element of truth in it. Yeah. That by starting your own business, you have opportunities, you have much more in your control, mm -hmm. um, you know, and running a business isn't for everybody, uh, and not everybody should. Yes. There's plenty of people who should be helped supporting a business, and hopefully mm -hmm. that business is helping pass along um, what's working there to the employees that are, you know, right. working for them. But uh, but anyway, yeah, like that, that like really shifted things for me a little bit once I realized yeah, that that's where I needed to be, you know, because I started as an employee and then I realized, oh, wow, I'm actually made for that. That's where yeah. I need to be, you know. And which, then, Which yeah. was really exciting. Yeah, that was a good, fun transition for me. So yeah. number six, spend less than you make and invest your savings wisely over long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Again, anybody can do this. We talk about this all the time. This is, in essence, the our 10X course. Right. Our 10X investing course is basically mm -hmm. that right there. Um, so... Anyway, I, I thought that was interesting. I like the way he broke this down. Um, and there might be other things to add to that list, but probably. I don't know. I just think it's good. Yeah. All, All right, right. Number seven. Number seven. The riskiest thing you can do is take no risk. This is so good. This is so important. I wish everyone understood this. Uh, everyone wants to avoid risk, but yet in doing so, they're facing such significant risks. You know, so... <laughs> So again, like coming back to the uh, employee situation for me when I was an employee versus stepping out and starting a business, it seemed risky to start a business. Mm. It seemed like that's start a big a risky move. <laughs> and, it, and it was. It was. It was for sure. But the fact of the matter is like my company laid our entire department off. Mm -hmm. So I was a hard worker. Like I did everything I could. Like... Yeah, I mean, all the companies I've ever worked for, all the bosses I've ever had, if you would ask them, they would say that I'm a hard worker. 
they would, in many cases, some of the jobs I was just terrible at, but the ones <laughs> that I wasn't, like they would probably say I was a really good worker and mm -hmm. wanted to like promote me up the ladder and move me down that path. But the point is, is that I got laid off regardless of that. It didn't right. matter how hard of a worker I was. Our entire department got eliminated in a merger. And so there was no, oh, well, we're going to get rid of this half of the department because they're no good, but this half, these are hard workers, right. and they're really good. It like, had nothing to do with your performance. Yeah, like it was risky right. being in that big company um, working there. Mm -hmm. And and it didn't feel like it because the age-old advice or the older advice of our parents' generation is go find a big company that's got a pension. You can sit there and for 40 years, yeah. and they're going to take care of you. And it's just not it that at all like anymore. It doesn't work like that anymore, yeah. And so that's a really risky move. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's just one facet of risk. But like from an investing perspective, like this is something that, you know, I remember breaking down. This idea of I used to think investing in the stock market or in a, you know, is super, super risky. But then I would go buy lottery tickets. And I'm like, <laughs> this is just absolute foolishness. Like once I kind of like thought through the numbers and evaluated it, it's yeah. like, the odds of actually becoming wealthy from lottery is like so insanely mm -hmm. slim that it's right. cr incredibly risky. Like you're taking your money and you're risking it on something that is all but guaranteed not to yield the result that you want. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on the other hand, like investing in the stock market wisely um, actually has much, much lower risk. Right. You know, and there's fluctuations. It's going to go up and down. But if you mm -hmm. see the long term, it's like far, 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 far less risky than so many different things you can do. Yeah. So anyway, this whole idea of understanding risk, evaluating risk properly, I think so many people are really bad at this. Mm -hmm. And it's really important. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah. So anyway, that's number seven. All right. So number eight is never make your well-being someone else's responsibility. This is good. Yep. This is important. Mm -hmm. uh, so this could look like I'm making the government. Um, I'm making them solve my problems. This is uh, I'm waiting around for the government to pay off my student loans. Mm. This is yeah. This could be waiting I'm for an inheritance check. To I'm come. waiting for inheritance for someone. Uh, yeah, this could be any number of things. Right. Uh, but I think the point here. I think we're at our best when we are trusting God. Mm -hmm. Like, it is his responsibility, and we can trust him as our provider. Mm -hmm. That, number one. And number two, that we're doing everything in our power, that we are, uh, you know, having personal responsibility for the actions that we've taken in mm -hmm. the past um, and just trying to go forward from where we are. Like, yeah. everyone gets dealt a different hand, um, but, you know, how we respond to it is up to us, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we've all heard this and we all know this, but... It's easy to forget this and to lose sight of it and to try to pass off our responsibility right. of our financial well-being onto someone else or another entity, you know? Right. Yeah. And talking about the government, I mean, I really think that there are some things that the government has in place that are really great, you know, that are can help in this problem. But yeah. one of those things would be like disability insurance or something like that. I mean, but... We were honestly just watching this documentary not too long ago about this lawyer in a small town who decided to come up with a deal. This was crazy. With one of the judges there and basically just committed all this fraud, right? Yeah. So anyone from the small town, I think it was a mining town or something, and people were getting hurt regularly. So even 
small issues like I broke my finger or whatever, like he, they would go to him and he would get them on disability. He, he was like, I guarantee you I can get you on disability. Like that was on billboards all across this yeah. town. So they and loved him. They loved him and everybody went to him and he's getting paid all this money. He's making right? tons of money. Oh They're my gosh. all getting checks from the government. So, and yeah, so everyone's happy or so it seemed until the, you know, government caught wind of this and <laughs> finally decides to uh, well, they crack shot them down all on down. this. Yeah. But what they did was any, any of the cases, whether they were legitimate or not, stopped receiving money because they didn't, there was no way for them to just like, figure out what was legit and what was not legit because everyone in the town was lying. Yeah. So, you know, this is one of those things, the companion of fools suffers harm. Yeah, you know? exactly. Where there, there, it's really sad because there are people there where it's like, they, legitimate they needed needs. the money. They needed the money. And they, they couldn't get it because everyone had, so many people had lied. Not everyone, but so many people had lied. So, I mean, I think that this is really, yeah. Yeah, and important. I just, yeah. Personally, I just never want to be in a position where I have to depend on the government. Right. Like, and I think, you know, if you find yourself in that position that you need to, it's like, okay, hopefully they have options there to help. But again, right. I still don't want to be depending on that. Right. <laughs> I want just, to be depending on God. You never know when they'll just shut things down. You yeah. just don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, in terms of like Social Security, and you know, mm -hmm. they've been saying this our entire lives, that it's going to run out of money. And by the time we get there, it's not going to be any. Right. So doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to just not save for retirement because we're planning on the government taking care of us at that point. Yeah. You know, like, so that's what this looks like. It's not about, um, whatever the government offering, uh, disability insurance to you and you declining it. Mm -hmm. It's more of how do we get in a position so that we don't have to do that? Like, what are the right. decisions we can make today so we that don't we don't have to, have depend to be it. dependent yeah. on anyone else? And just receive it as a bonus. Yeah. I see. Yeah, that's how I, you know, like we've paid into Social Security for, I mean, me decades now. And um, yeah, so when we get there, if it's there, great. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, you know, um, by God's grace, we will have some, a decent amount saved up. Yeah. We'll be fine, you know? Yep. So anyway, that's number that's eight. That's number eight. Let's go to nine. Number nine. All right. Okay, All right. so number nine is when it comes to information, less can be more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this is really, really good. I was just talking to somebody yesterday. Um, it was one of our 10X investing students, and she was asking me just some questions about the uh, some different things. And in this conversation, I told her that, um, that I used to have all these apps on my phone uh, giving me stock prices every day, oh, giving yeah. me how the market's doing every day. And so I just see the up and down every single day. And... Um, it just stressed me out. And it's like, and I felt like, well, I need to do this because this is. You need to be informed. Well, yeah, I need to be informed. Yeah. I need to be a good steward and be on top of what's going on. And the truth is, is that when you make a good long-term investment, like you don't need to be watching it every day. Mm -hmm. And so like now I've completely flipped to where we do the complete opposite. Like our whole investment strategy is completely passive and where I check our investments one time per year. And one time per year. <laughs> and this has done two things. It reduced the amount of stress that I experience, mm -hmm. um, even if it's like a small amount of stress. Like yeah. even if the market just drops a little bit, it's like it's just one more thing on my mind, one more thing for me to think about, one more 
concern to have. And if you go an entire year of not seeing all those ups and downs and ups and downs, like it's mm-hmm. emotionally, it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really yeah. healthy and just feels so much better. So that was a fantastic win from doing this. The other thing is, uh, you know, your investments tend to perform better because, you know, and I'm a little bit past this point now, but at the beginning, most new investors will start seeing something go down and then they'll sell. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst time to sell. Like, I mean, not always, but in most cases, it's like, you don't want to be just be selling just because it's gone down for a little bit if you've uh, made a good investment, you know? Right. And so there's less temptation to do that when you're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and, and again, this is all in the context of a long-term investment that you bought to hold for a long time because you believe in the long-term potential, you know? Right. So if you're day trading stocks, this is a very different thing. Yeah. Um, but that's why I don't do that. <laughs> that's why that's not where Too I spend stress. my investment energy. You know, yeah. it's a passive long-term investments. So all this to say, uh, I mean, this, there's a funny anecdotal story that was done by, I think, Morgan Stanley many, many years ago or something where they went and looked at all their investment accounts, all their um, customers to see whose accounts had performed best. Mm-hmm. And it was the ones that were dead. <laughs> because they hadn't. They had done nothing. Yeah, they just let it go. That is and it's like, really funny. What is the lesson here? <laughs> it's like. Get out of it, like just stop looking at it, let it do its thing and leave it alone. And so this is where the point of this number nine is, like less is more, less information is more. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so like this has worked so Maybe well for us. more information in the beginning of making a good decision oh, and yeah. then drop it after yeah. that. I mean, do your homework. This isn't about like don't, um, yeah, learn about what you're going to invest it's just, in. You but, don't need to look at it every day. Man, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and so this is... Uh, just been very, very helpful for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah, completely agree with this. All right. Let's get to number 10, the 10th golden rule of being a millionaire. Time isn't money. Money is time. Yeah, I think it's a good point as well. Because I think so many people, yeah, the time is money thing. Like We, we hear that all the time. But, but I think what's powerful is that we can use our money to buy time. Mm, and so time. Buy it back. Yeah, and time is the only like non-renewable source, mm. you know, resource that there is. Because like we, you can earn more money, but you just can't create more time for mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, I guess I, the one caveat to that might be by living a healthier life or something. You could add, you know, days to your life or something like that. But, but I think this idea of how can I use my money to buy back time mm-hmm. is a really powerful idea. And so part of this... We were talking about this the other day, too. Yeah, and so that is in terms of, like, delegating now, right. investing now. But but I think there's also the longer-term approach of, all right, I can spend $200 now on a pair of shoes, or I can invest that, let it grow, and turn into whatever, two years that I don't need to work at some mm-hmm. point in my life. Interesting, yes. You know what I mean? So that's what's powerful when you understand that your money can turn into time that you can use to do X, Y, or Z. That's you know? interesting. Yeah. So so I, I, I like really that. like this point. And I think it's just important to think about. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just another incentive to think about with investing because it's not just about how do I take $200 and turn it into whatever, 100000 over right. 30, 40 years. Just to have a hundred thousand, but what does that hundred thousand do for you at that point? How mm-hmm. much time does that buy you? Well, and you we talked I mean? about this the other day, where it was like if you bought an Apple iPod, 
for whatever it retailed for, a couple hundred dollars. Or if you put that money into Apple, how much mm -hmm. would it actually be yep. worth? And it's the same type of thing. It's like, okay, well, you could have a giant wad of cash or you could have the first edition Apple iPod that is yeah. <laughs> no longer works, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting to think about when yeah. they're talking about, he was talking about you'd spend $200 on clothes. And I was like, don't you tell me not to spend money on clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea of... I could take that money and it could buy me some time later. Yeah. Or buy me some nicer clothes later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, those are the uh, 10 golden rules of becoming a millionaire. I just thought there was some good stuff in here. That's yeah. why we you know, broke these down and kind of went through them. About. Uh, and we'll have a link to that down in the description so you can check that out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and with that, we will see you next time. See ya. We really love creating fresh content for you each week, but if you have not checked out our book, Simple Money, Rich Life, this really is our best work, and we have some free resources we want to tell you about. So if you enjoy listening to our soothing voices, then you can download chapter one of the audiobook. And if you prefer to read, we have the first two chapters of the ebook version. Or we even have a five-week book study outline based on this book. Mm -hmm. You can download all of this for free at seedtime.com slash sample.